If you have available equity in your home and you're wondering what you should do with it or what you could do with it, then this is the episode for you. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. This episode is sponsored by our Wonder Women program. I've been taking the opportunity during the lockdown to restructure our Wonder Women program to make it available to more women. This program is for women to harness their flair for creating beautiful homes to replace their income either now or in retirement. Now, you might ask why Wonder Women and not Wonder Men? Now, we definitely don't discriminate. However, most of our women are the driving force in their families. And like me, many of them have fantastically supportive partners. Some women have had the rough end of the stick in a relationship breakdown, but most of our women are an untapped talent. Many are unaware of what they're capable of, which is very exciting. Lastly, and most importantly, We want more than just money. Now, don't get me wrong. We freaking love making money, but we want to do it in a way that honours our love for beautiful homes while bringing others along with us on the journey. So Wonder Women is ordinary women doing extraordinary things, rising above their limitations, doing good, and most importantly, doing it together. It's a 30-something mum replacing her income from an inflexible job so she can stay at home with her babies. It's a 50-something grandma teaming up with her son, daughter or husband to create a six-figure profit that gives them all a huge lift. It's a 60-something woman who feels she's not well enough prepared for retirement, whether or not she has a partner, and is making an opportunity with her homemaking skills to replace or supplement her income. So if you want to be in the front of the line when we open the new Look Wonder Women, you can join the wait list at www.theschoolofrenovating.com forward slash Wonder Woman waitlist. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-W-O-M-E-N waitlist. Okay, so just one more thing before we get into this episode. I want to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and should not be considered personal advice. There are significant risks with buying and renovating property. And before you take any action, you should seek personal advice from your own financial planner, accountant, buyer's agent, and or financier that relates to your specific circumstances. So you minimize your risk and you maximize your profit. Well, hello, renovators. It's Bernadette back with another episode. And today I'm going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of leveraging equity in your family home to build wealth. Before I do, I just want to spend a minute or two reflecting on the things that have happened this week. And the big news is that the COVID restrictions have slightly lifted. And this Sunday, I am getting to visit my grandchildren for the first time in about seven weeks. So I am overjoyed 
I've got a little bundle of gifts for them. I've been stitching for them and I just can't wait to see them. I, I've been seeing the photos and just absolutely melting with, I guess, love. It is true that ab absence makes the heart grow fonder. Not that I thought it was possible, but I have really felt the restrictions quite severely with respect to not being able to see my little treasures. The other thing is that the aged care facility where my mum lives has now or will be opening up for 30-minute visitors. So I've just got to figure out whether I'm able to catch a flight to Victoria and once I've got and have a flu injection, something I've never done before. But once I've got that figured out, I'm on that plane and whizzing down there to do a quick mission to visit her. Only for 30 minutes a day, so to spend an hour with her, I'll need to stay at least two days. Uh, but the good news is it's slightly open and that the facility is being really responsible at, about keeping the disease out of the institution and so that's a wonderful thing. I've also uh, been uh, recording an updated version of our Airbnb training and I am so happy to say it's finished. I have just put the finishing touches on 80 new videos um, which go into our training portal and uh, seriously it was a mammoth effort but it's done and I'm excited about that. I'm also uh, working on the restructure of our Wonder Women program, which I'll be launching in probably about three to four weeks. So, yeah, there's lots of changes. And lastly, I decided that in my spare time during the lockdown, I would do an accounting course. I'm really not that happy with my understanding of financial documents so I decided that this was a good opportunity and oh my gosh it's been a rude awakening so the the course is through TAFE for those in New South Wales TAFE, TAFE is offering some free courses and I thought why not why not brush up on something that I think needs brushing up on but I didn't bargain for the assignments and deadlines and whatever. So I'm really maintaining the momentum because I know that if I don't, I'll get distracted and it will be hard to get back to it. But it's been an interesting journey and I'm really enjoying it actually. So it's, it's nice to develop some mastery. And when I say accounting, it's very basic, you know, just I never understood the double entry system and now I now I do. I don't know whether it's going to make a huge difference with working in zero, but that's the intention. Okay, so now let's get into the episode. This episode is entitled The Do's and Don'ts of Leveraging Equity in Your Family Home to Build Wealth. Now, if you have uh, available equity in your family home, then this is the episode for you. I always think about equity that you could be using but aren't, a bit like a lazy teenager lying around not doing a whole lot but could be doing so much more useful things with itself. 
But of course, when we're talking about property, it's not for the faint-hearted. So I want to really go through some of the things, what's possible and also what to watch out for. Because here's the thing, often it's like, for some people, it's like having money burning a hole in your pocket. And they make a decision, they're going to go out and buy a property. And that property often does not deliver what it should be delivering. So the intention of this episode is for you to take on the task of leveraging that equity intelligently. So if you use that equity in your family home wisely, it has the potential to totally transform your financial future. So for Stephen and I, we've used it to really build a career and and security and we, we call it our bucket. So basically we have a bucket of available equity that we use to do projects, that we take the deposit out to buy properties and it's hugely liberating. And so that's what I want for you to, I guess, understand the power of it and then give you some tips on using it wisely. Now, the first point I want to make is a do. So before you decide to move ahead and and leverage the equity in your family home, it's incredibly that you set a goal and you build a strategy to achieve that goal. So as our mutual friend Tony Robbins said, uh, setting a goal is making the invisible visible. And I think that's really exciting. You have the potential to achieve the life of your dreams. All there is to do is to set a goal and build a strategy to do it. Now, I have talked about goal setting in previous episodes, and I'll include the links to those that episode in the show notes. So I read somewhere, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. And that is, I think, the crux of it. So you really need to be very intentional about what you want to achieve out of your investing of that and using that equity. Now, the other thing about the goal is it needs to be financial. I'm sorry if I am stating the obvious, But often uh, there's not enough focus on the financial outcome of your investing and as a result, you get a not very focused result. So you may also have more altruistic goals like you, you know, I know a lot of our women want to be able to provide affordable housing to disadvantaged women and You might want to, I guess, help your children in, you know, building their foundation. Most of we renovators are absolutely passionate about the whole renovation process and creating beautiful spaces, but often the actual financial aspect of it gets forgotten. And so that's why, you know, the strategy is not developed properly. And uh, so it can be a little bit of a vicious cycle. So what I want you to do is to be really clear on what you, you want your outcome to be. Now, you may maybe want to replace the income from your job. So you'll be looking at short term 
deals, short-term projects, and that's definitely something that I've done a lot of. But speaking from experience, I want to encourage you to have long-term goals as well. So have a two-pronged approach. Short-term to establish your, I guess, cash flow from your property projects, but then long-term to build that long-term wealth. The other thing with your strategy is you want to have a longer term view. So you certainly need the end in mind, but also you need to look past the first project. I think if people did this, often they wouldn't buy the properties that they buy because, well, particularly, you know, with negative gearing, and of course I've harped on about that in another episode too, but You want to be able to develop a strategy that enables you to build your portfolio in a way that moves you towards your goal. So we often talk about um, having a goal where you're able to produce 100,000 per annum income through your properties. Now, I think that is a great goal because if you're able to do that, by retirement, then you will be better off than the majority of Australians. Sadly, there's a lot of talk about funding retirement, but the reality is most don't achieve it. And so that I think is a an excellent goal. You may have higher ambitions. That is fine too. Just pick something and start working towards it. The great thing about having renovating as a skill is you can actually manufacture growth. And so that enables you to actually extract some of the equity you've put in it so that you can build your portfolio quicker. Now, I'm pretty sure I've covered our process for doing this in another episode. And um, I'll just go back and find it and include the link. But if I haven't, I will definitely add that on the recording list in the next few weeks. Okay, so we've talked, you've got your goal, you've decided what you're going to be working for. So basically, um, you've decided whether you're going for a short-term project or a long-term project and how much income you're working towards producing from your property and at what point in your life you want that income to be available. Some people want it straight away. Some people are happy with what they're doing and they want to just build a really robust set of investment properties to support them in their retirement. So get all that clear and next thing, write it down because we all know it doesn't happen if if it's not written down. Now, the next thing I actually said to Stephen, now what, what's your, what are your words of wisdom for this topic? And he said to me that it's all about timing of the market and time in the market. And I thought that was quite a profound statement. So timing in property is everything. And so while you have been sitting on this for some time and maybe thinking about it for some time, you may need to time your entry into the market appropriately depending on what's going on. Like, for instance, now probably is a good time because the market is depressed because of the um, pandemic. And so there are some really good buys around. Now, the other thing with when you are buying and selling, 
you want to make sure that you're timing your project so you're getting in and out of the same market. It reduces the risk significantly. So think about the timing of your purchases and your sale. So if you're planning to sell, then you want to time that. That's something that you have a lot of control over. And particularly if you've structured your project soundly, be able to yeah pick the time that you exit the project. The next thing I want to say is focus on quality, not quantity. Now, I hear a lot of people saying their goals are to own, you know, so many properties by the time they retire or by the time in the next five years, you know. Um, You hear that a lot. But the reality is that if you own a handful of dud properties, you'll be better off not owning anything. And if you think I'm exaggerating, I am not. I see this time and time again. So I personally do not think it's about the number of properties you have. It's about the capabilities of those properties. How Are they quality um, projects and properties? Now, this ties back into making sure that you have a financial goal. If your um, goal is to own 10 properties in 10 years, that is not a financial goal. And you may be able to achieve the result you want with two properties. So by choosing the right property and the right strategy, you can earn more from two quality investments than you could from 10 mediocre investments. So the other thing is the more properties you have, the more land tax you have, the more rates and running costs you have. And so if you are building wealth for the long term, please make sure that those properties you buy and the projects you embark on are quality properties. So usually when you are setting your goals, you need to make the choice between capital growth and yield. And so my next do is please aim for both. So the next point is to work at having both. So work at purchasing property in an area that has good, solid long-term prospect. Also work on manufacturing additional equity in that property upfront and implement a high cash flow strategy so that the property doesn't cost you money while you're holding it, that it actually puts money in your pocket, which you can actually either use or use it to pay the property off quicker. I've sometimes referred to my gorgeous 93-year-old neighbour who just before Christmas left this life, who built up an incredible portfolio and only starting in her 50s. And she used to often say to me, I really wish I had been a a renovator or I had been able to renovate because I would have done so much better. Seriously, she did amazingly well. So as renovators, you have an incredible skill. Use it to 
improve the, your future and the future of your family and your partner and, yeah, build that financial security. And you don't really need a huge amount to get started. Okay, my next point is that in order to buy the right project in the right area, you need to avail yourself of some information. Now, you certainly need to subscribe to a data service and also work with property experts. But this is a very important point. There is a saying that the person who has the most knowledge wins or the most information wins. So information is absolutely critical, but it's got to be the right information. And so my point here is to don't get your information from the same source as you get your property from. So I hear stories about, well, I don't, I work with people who have bought properties through financial planners. Now, that is the equivalent of having, not all, but it can be the equivalent of having a vampire in a blood bank. Because as I've spoken about before, these properties are usually new properties that have enormous financial incentives for the person that is selling them. And so it's a conflict of interest. So you need to develop your uh, knowledge bank separately from where you source your property. Now, you might be wondering about buyer's agents, and it is true that I work with some buyer's agents that I would trust with my life. However, I believe that if you're using a, uh, a buyer's agent, you still need to exercise basic due diligence. It takes time to build trust with a buyer's agent. So believe me, I've learned that the hard way. And so you need to use due diligence to, I guess, get to the point where you can trust your buyer's agent. So using basic due diligence is an important step in growing a relationship with a buyer's agent. And some buyer's agents do promote properties that are not good for your financial well-being. So if you're using someone new, you need to go through that process, that due diligence process with the actual buyer's agent before you can feel that you're in safe hands. I'm sure I'm not telling you something that, I'm sure this is not news, um, but I do feel that I need to reiterate because people are still making mistakes and I want to protect you from that. Okay, and the next point is please make sure you maintain a reasonably healthy buffer. I'm thinking probably six months repayments in your line of credit or whatever it is you've got set up um, to purchase your properties. And I think the if there's one thing that the pandem- pandemic has taught us, it's not to run too close to the wire. So making sure that you keep a buffer as a backstop is a really good way of maintaining your mental health and not risking everything. And lastly, I'm just going to finish off with just a few nuts and bolts in terms of how to. So just as a rule of thumb, you need between... so. Let's say you've done the research, you've developed the strategy, you've decided the property that you're going to buy. 
then you will, depending on the renovation strategy, you'll need probably between, and the type of property, you'll be need between 30 and 40% of the value of the property in equity. So basically what you use that for is your deposit, your buying costs, and your renovation costs. And you also need the capacity to be able to get an investment loan for that property. So say the property is 500000 you've got 200000 in equity plus some buffer. So you will need the, to be able to get pre-approval for a loan to buy a $500,000 loan. The deposit comes out of your equity and you do the project, you increase its value. If you can extract some equity out of that then via refinancing, that's great. Put that back into your bucket and your first project is set up, ready to go. And finally, uh, back on risk management, you want to make sure that you buy the property in the right legal entity. That's the conversation that you need to have with your accountant. But basically, you know, once you start buying investment properties, congratulations, you're in business because it is a business and business comes with risk. So you want to make sure that you protect yourself and your assets from anything that could go pear-shaped. So thankfully, if you exercise good risk man management, the risk of that is quite low, but you never want to leave yourself exposed. So buying in the right equity, sorry, the right entity is the first step in that process. And it's you also want to make sure that you are minimising your tax burden as well. And yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Okay, so I hope that you have found this episode useful. If you have, I would really be grateful if you would go over to iTunes and leave us a review because that really helps us to share the Renault love. And I have to say, I get a huge kick out of reading them. And also, if you're looking for a community of feisty women who are interested in using their passion to build wealth, their passion for beautiful home, then come over and join our free Facebook group called She Renovates. And I will see you there. So thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.